1: This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.
0: The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley.
2: And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today we have an update from the Weather Office on the stormy weather expected for parts of southern Saskatchewan this week. Grain contracts were under review at the APAS annual meeting on Friday. We also have a chat with the President on the convention and a look at grain transportation. The Federal Minister of Agriculture outlines a new study on sustainable agriculture. Real Agriculture has a cattle market update with analyst Ann Wasco.
0: And we have the farm weather, the usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley.
2: Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your farm fresh water today at farmfreshwater.ca. Portions of the southern grain belt could see stormy weather this week. Environment Canada meteorologist Terry Lang says the worst hit areas will be near the U.S. border, particularly in the southeast.
3: Well, we do have a Colorado low coming through. It's just going to clip the southeast part of the province and bring some snow. Of course, the higher accumulations are going to be towards the border areas and certainly that southeast corner where they could get upwards of 15 to 20 centimeters of snow. And the further you get, kind of get north and west of that, the lower their accumulations come. But I think most of southern Saskatchewan is going to come in with some snow with this. But the southeast will be the hardest hit. We're not looking at really strong winds with this particular system. It's more of a North Dakota, South Dakota, uh, Minnesota problem, but certainly um, there'll be enough winds to blow the snow around, and you know we'll see some uh, certainly some heavy drifting snow. So certainly the next few days it's going to be tricky with respect to uh, driving and such.
2: And the outlook for next week?
3: Well, it looks like we're getting into a cooler pattern next week, so. Not completely in the deep freeze, but certainly a cooler pattern. And we know when we get into those colder temperatures that uh, we don't get a lot of snow uh, with those just because the atmosphere has trouble generating snow and the the air is so cold. And even if it does snow, the snowflakes are so tiny, we don't get a lot of accumulations with that. And that pattern does look like it's going to set up and kind of park itself over for the
2: Christmas time. When you say cooler, do you mean as bad as we had in late November, early December, where it was like minus... 20 minus 30 or just kind of hovering around that minus 10 minus 15?
3: I think it's going to be certainly the the models are indicating it's going to be below seasonal average so probably that minus 20 for daytime highs and maybe minus 30 for overnight lows but not that you know that really cold when you get the minus 30s and the minus 40s in the overnight so sort of somewhere in there we'll see uh, you know how how much of this cold air comes down we know what when it comes in, it's uh, kind of parks itself and can stay for a while. So we're keeping an eye on those weather models. But it certainly looks like a white Christmas for the better part of southern Saskatchewan.
2: Well, I can say I always hope it's changed, but is the winter outlook newer than normal and colder than normal? Is that still the long-term outlook?
3: That's still They still are going with that, just because of the presence of that La Nina down in uh, off the waters of South America there. So, yeah, colder than average and, you know, a better chance of above-average
2: precipitation, which is a good thing.
0: Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM.
2: This portion is brought to you by Connexus Credit Union. Grain contracts and the problems many farmers had during last year's drought were discussed during a panel discussion at the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan annual meeting in Saskatoon on Friday. A pass in the various producer-grower commissions, SAS Wheat, Sask Barley, SAS Oats, Sask Flax, and the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers, commissioned a report. That was written by Marlena Borsch with Mercantile Consulting. Her 35 page report was released in July. Many farmers unable to meet or to fulfill their 2021 production contracts, had to pay sizable penalties that would often differ from company to company. Borsch says current grain purchase contracts are heavily tilted in favor of grain buyers, putting Saskatchewan farmers at a distinct disadvantage. The same report also found that only 46% of prairie grain farmers feel they are being treated fairly by contracts. Borsch outlined several possible solutions.
4: I think last year's drought really brought some problems to the forefront that probably had been percolating for a while. And one of them simply is that grain contacts have become tremendously complex and difficult and vary between the various companies and when farmers were unable to deliver grain, they. We're basically exposed to some of the terms that are very, very hard to stand uh, to understand in there. The recommendation is fairly simple. We went through the various contracts. We compared 21 of them, found them very complex, and we think it's high time to simplify them for both parties' sake and make them more understandable. And I think there's even a chance to smooth out the supply chain issues a little bit and having a much more concrete understanding what the responsibilities are for both sides.
2: Some of your rec- Recommendations talked about having a standard contract. Can you get the grain companies on board to come up with a farmer grain company contract that both sides would accept?
4: I think in an ideal world, we would make a collaborative contract between buyers and sellers and sit together in various committees and develop that. If that cannot be done, a band-aid can be a standard contract. And the difficulty is how do you make people adopt a standard contract? So that's either through regulation or simply by virtue of numbers if a lot of farmers simply want to use that. But that's one way to deal with that. It's, It's a difficult road, but I think when... If you really study the contracts, the complexity of them, and how they differ between companies, how they are very hard to administer from uh, the producer side, and how they are a lot of more extended, I should say carefully, on on the company side, I think there is a little bit of room to balance them out and come out simply with a better, more simple, and more clear product. So that's what I'm advocating basically.
2: And your advocation sounded like, or your your proposal sounded like, follow... A lead from Australia where they have a standardized contract and they also are a country known to suffer from a lot of droughts.
4: Just to be clear my task was to look at contracts and see if they're really very usable or not or if they're unwieldy and I used the uh, grain trade Australia contract number six which pertains to producers as an example where a standard contract has been established because there were also a lot of complaints about difficulties in country buying and uh, that seems to be operating quite well given my contacts in Australia and that addresses some of the same issues so it, it could be a template that we might want to follow
2: did you find a lot of farmers had felt and were overcharged for buying out their own contract when they couldn't deliver
4: Well, that's difficult to say. I'm sure that some were overcharged. I'm sure that some also were successful in negotiating with the companies. The bigger issue is that some of the buy, if you talk specifically about buyout, some of the buyout mechanisms are not clearly defined. So that when the buyout calculation is presented, it's hard to vet them. And uh, those things uh, can be made easier and can be made much clearer. And uh, it would cut down on a lot of disputes and ill will between companies and growers, in my opinion.
2: So summarize your recommendations.
4: Come up with a much simpler contract that both sides can live with and want to live with and make things flow more easily with less, fewer adversarial issues in difficult years.
2: Marlena Borsch of Mercatau Consulting spoke at the APAS annual meeting in Saskatoon.
0: Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Asitaboya and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM.
5: This is your RealAgriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at RealAgriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Let's get to the Beef Market Update with Ann Wasco of the Gateway Livestock Exchange. And when we get to December and the basis is lower than the temperature... we have a problem. What's going on?
6: I hadn't thought of it that way, Sean, actually. Okay. Putting a different spin on it, but, um, oh, you know, frustrating. We've talked about this way too much in 2022. And when when people talk about, well, you know, how was 2022 for the Western Canadian cattle feeder, he's going to be pretty happy. I think when it's done and we can flip that calendar because it has been way too much of a, of a week, basis here, not just a little week, like you just stated or alluded to. Um, we saw periods this week where where bids and prices were pretty much at minus 30 Canadian under the U S cash market. Ridiculous. We thought 20 was bad, right? So that's, that's the predicament we're in, but it is what it is. And, uh, at some point it will turn, but, uh, it certainly wasn't this past week. What's the why on it? the same storyline where we just struggled to get out from all of the cattle that we've had on feed. And here we've come through the fall run with lots of cows coming to market. They're taking up hook space. So the cattle, cattle feed is just having trouble getting enough cattle moved, whether it's here or to the U.S. market. There's There's just... We're in this, uh, we aren't over that hump of supply, which honestly, I thought we would have been. And then add some really big cattle to the, to the mix. Our, our carcass weights remain record heavy here as we head into December of 2022. And all those things aren't helping us in terms of getting current so that we can gain that leverage so we can get some basis back.
5: Are, are, are packers killing it full tilt or are they, have they pulled back uh, kill hours? Is, is that a factor in backing these cattle up too?
6: Not really. I mean, we aren't really doing much in the way of Saturday kills, but that's not normal for this time of year. So I think one of the bigger factors is, you know, we, we have a fairly big cow kill going on. Uh, last week, pretty close to 13,000 cows in the Canadian, uh, mix. Um, that's the biggest weekly for a fall run we've had since the fall of 18 for a, for a weekly cow kill. And it was 23% of the total slaughter. So that's there to tell you that that, you know, from a percentage perspective, that's fairly, it's not unheard of, but it is fairly high. And again, just another reason that we're having trouble getting young cattle cleaned up. Yeah. So
5: what, is it seasonal, the fact that the cow kill would be so significant right now?
6: No, it's certainly seasonal. Um, of course, this year we've talked lots about the drought and more cows being marketed. Um, so the big cow kills lasted a little longer here into December. Usually that we've peaked in November. Um, so again, I think it's just telling the tale of... Uh, the headline, the other headline for 2022, will just be uh, ongoing drought conditions that continue to send more cows to market as well.
5: How does a packer decide? Like, how does that? Like, do what do cows take like priority over over fed animals? Like, how does or is that just the way it is, or is it a pricing thing because cows are priced so much cheaper?
6: Well, I think all of those pieces, it'll be on what the packers got sold, what the margin piece is versus fed versus non-fed, um, and, and what, what the supply mix is looking like. And, and each packer is going to be different. So I, I think it's hard to put a, this is the formula. But, uh, again, this is pretty typical for a fall run. Um, we aren't usually long on fed cattle, which would be the other thing. You know, when we come into this time period, we've usually got a lot of those cattle cleaned up and we're much more current right now so that we can handle a few more cows in the mix this year. That wasn't the case. Cattle feeders never did get cleaned up before we came into the fall run and we've just struggled, struggled, struggled all the way through.
5: So quickly a pricing recap though, Uh, we're prices down kind of across the board moderately this week.
6: Yeah, a buck lower in the US, uh one fifty-four in the south, uh mid one fifties in the north, one fifty six, one fifty-seven. Um the, the cutout, I did want to mention this Sean, the choice cutout closed last night about two forty-seven a hundred. That's down just over six bucks US from last week. It's really again pretty seasonal, but um really telling us that uh that buying demand that we had all through November, well actually late October, right through November for that holiday rib as we talk about it, that prime rib. It's pretty much petered out and everybody's got their buying done. So that's the main driver why this cutout's coming off as much as it, as it has this past, well, three weeks.
5: This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture. It's
0: your agro weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM.
2: Cloudy today, 30% chance of light snow, risk of freezing drizzle. Fog dissipating this afternoon, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high today, minus 4, 60% chance of light snow tonight, the low, minus 10. Tomorrow, cloudy, 60% chance of light snow, wind north 20, the high, minus 8. Wind chill near minus 19. The low minus 13. Wednesday periods of snow with a high minus 12 low minus 16. Thursday periods of snow high minus 12 low minus 15. Friday periods of snow the high minus 14 the low minus 19. Saturday partly cloudy the high minus 18 the low minus 21. Sunday partly cloudy with a high of minus 20. Normal high for this date, minus 8. The normal low is minus 20. The sun rose at 8.50 this morning. It sets at 4.55 tonight. And currently around the province, the hot spot is Island Falls up north at minus 3. The cold spot up further north at Stony Rapids at minus 19. And I'm not sure which one is actually further north. Estevan is at minus 4. Saskatoon minus 8. Swift Current minus 13. Weyburn minus 5. Yorkton is minus 4. Overcast in Regina with mist, it's minus 5, that's 23 Fahrenheit, winds are from the northwest at 18. Humidity is 93%, the rising 101.7. Freezing fog in Moose Jaw right now, minus 6, winds are from the west at 21. Once again, Regina overcast and some light mist, it's minus 5, that's 23 Fahrenheit.
1: This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada.
0: You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim
2: Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers. McDougallAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. A past president, Ian Boxall of Tisdale, was reelected for another term as the leader of Saskatchewan's General Farm Group. The annual meeting wrapped up Friday in Saskatoon. Boxall says over 100 delegates were involved in the two-day annual meeting.
7: It's great to have everyone back in the room after, you know, some limited time because of COVID. So I think the convention has gone really well. Great engagement with everyone this here. You returned as president. Congratulations. Your thoughts on your coming year? Thank you very much. Um, Yeah, I'm honoured too that they chose to elect me again as president this year and I look forward to working with uh, some new board members this year and look forward. There's always issues in agriculture and I think APAS does a great job of bringing those forward and I look forward this year to making sure that we defend farm and ranch families as we go go through the year. As 2023 starts, what would be the key issues? I think probably input pricing will be one. I think uh, livestock. We had a great presentation this morning at the convention on on the shortage of uh, large animal vets. I think that's something that we really need to start to push and figure out where we can make inroads on that, fixing that issue. And there's always there's always things that come up on the agriculture.
2: Marlene Borch also made a very interesting. A proposal on grain contracts and there have been a lot of farmer concerns over grain contracts the recommendations were come up with a standardized contract and you may have to kind of push the grain companies it sounded like a bit. Yeah
7: no and I think that's exactly it and, it, and grain contracts we maybe haven't heard as much this year because things have been good crops have been good and p- farmers have been able to fulfill those contracts but let's ensure that we still work together to, and work to get it in place prior to another crisis like we had last year where we had a drought that affected farmers and and having a standardized contract
2: with all the grain companies I think would be a great start. Now you've got some resolutions to be looked at, uh, water development projects and more support for from the government for that. You've got talk of public awareness campaign in agriculture your thoughts on those ideas
7: yeah you bet i think you know there's still parts of this province that are under severe drought and those those ranchers and those farmers down there need the water those livestock need the water so that's an important resolution that we will hear this afternoon and debate and talk about this afternoon but i think it's very important that the government continue to fund you know water infrastructure for the especially in the areas that are still facing that
2: extreme drought The annual meeting for APAS wrapped up Friday in Saskatoon. I want to thank the APAS Board of Directors and the APAS members for presentation and invitation to
0: last week's annual meeting in Saskatoon. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM.
2: This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Daigleman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small-town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com On the sideline of the climate conference taking place in Montreal this month, Canada's top agriculture minister outlined details this morning of a sustainable agriculture strategy. Marie-Claude Bebeau says her department is looking for input from Canadian farmers and others on policies that will help shape the future of agriculture in this country. Also taking part in the news conference this morning was the outgoing president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture, Mary Robinson.
8: Farmers today are faced with a stark challenge. How to grow more food while reducing our impact on environment. In reality, as we've heard, we have made substantial gains over the past 40 years by increasing overall production, increasing production, while reducing our greenhouse gas emissions, soil erosion, and using less water and energy to do it. As we've heard, farmers are highly invested in this. Soil is our most precious commodity. It is the foundation for all we do. And we're certainly not interested in uh, spending any more money on inputs than we have to. So we've been trying to do this better since. the beginning of time. However, we know that more needs to be done to fight climate change and agriculture has a significant role to play in that fight. For example, we know that agriculture is one of the only industries with the potential to become a net carbon sink due to our ability to capture carbon in the soil. That is why we are very excited to be here today to celebrate the official launch of the Sustainable Agriculture Strategy and, in particular, the formation of the Advisory Committee. This committee will support dialogue between the key stakeholders required to make such a strategy A successful reality with pragmatic solutions.
2: Just last week, Federal Agriculture Minister Babo again insisted that the government's aim in reducing emissions from nitrogen fertilizer by 30% before the decade is over is a voluntary program. Bobo says her department is hoping all producers will adopt measures to help meet targets like this one. During the news conference this morning, the minister was asked this question. There is some concern about
5: measures taken in other countries that have actually limited production. Most recently, uh, the step in the Netherlands that's called out in the discussion paper to reduce the herd size by 30%. So just curious to know how you intend to measure the intensification of agriculture and if you see uh, any risks to say reducing, as unlikely as it seems, the uh, Canadian say dairy herd size by 30% to meet some
4: of our targets.
5: Uh, once again, our spirit is really to go in a collaborative manner and through incentives. Uh, we, our reality here in Canada is very different than other countries that uh, you, you might be referring to. We are blessed with our natural resources. We are blessed with, uh, with the land we have, uh, the water we have. Uh, we have made a lot of progress through the years, but as uh, my, you know, Mary and Martin acknowledged, uh, better is always possible. We have to do more, uh, and this is in a collaborative way that we will get. We want to get there.
2: Babo says the online consultation period will be open to input until the end of March, with the hope of developing a strategy by the end of next year. There was a grain transportation presentation Friday at the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan annual meeting in Saskatoon. Two senior executives, one from CN Rail and one from CP Rail, had live online presentations about each railway's service levels during the current crop year. Following the presentations, there was an opportunity for questions from the floor. Wayne Bacon is with Northern Lights Rail, a short line running from Birch Hills to Melfort. We'll hear from Bacon first, and then the reply from CN's David Shudnovic. I guess the biggest
9: question the Shortline Association really has is communications. I'm not sure about uh, CP because I haven't dealt with CP, but I have dealt with CN quite a bit. My problem is, and the Shortline problem is, we sort of know when the cars are coming, but we never know when we're not going to get them. We'll send out uh, basically a note saying cars should arrive at such and such a time. We get everything ready for the cars to arrive, and about three days later we'll get an email saying a change of plans. So somebody along the line has canceled that order, but never relates it back to the Short Line Association. So it would be nice if when you were putting cars out, that when they're not going to come up, you could relate or communicate back to us that the cars are not coming, at a, that Pacific time so we can tell our guys whether to clean the track or not clean the track yeah wayne thanks for your comment there you know that comes down to the extent of the communication and it's a two-way street when it comes to going back and forth on uh, asking questions of cn in terms of the management of the empties so that's an opportunity for improvement
2: hey past president ian boxall was not very satisfied with that reply I didn't really, wasn't totally
7: happy with the answers that they gave to them. And I just got up and pointed out that in 2022 with the technology we have, communication should not be the downfall. So I hope they heard that. And I hope that in the future, it's pretty easy to send a text from the people on the train or from somebody or an email nowadays to inform everyone of where their cars are at. During their presentations,
5: the railways talked about the work they've been doing, and it, it seems like they have made some improvements. Would you agree that they are better than they were, let's say, two, three years ago?
7: I think they have been. I think um, I just hope last year's drought and the smaller crop last year didn't give them bad habits that maybe will lead into this year when we have a bigger crop to move. So, you know, I think I'm optimistic that they can get it moved, but I want to wait and see what happens here over the next one or two months of winter and see if they can continue with the performance that they've showed so far this crop year.
2: A couple of changes to the APAS executive. Devon Walker from Maidstone and Kevin Gilbert will join the board of directors. Ian Boxall returns as president. APAS has two vice presidents. Bill Probelski from Willowbrook returns. But Scott Owens is stepping aside. He'll be replaced by Bev Pirro from Radville. Sask Youth Ag holds a two-day conference in Saskatoon in early January. Event Committee Chair Carly Bodich is hoping for a good turnout of young people interested in the future of farming.
10: Sask Young Ag is a group for young agriculturalists, so both producers and industry folks under the age of 40. Um, And our primary goal is to bring people together for knowledge and then to build your network in the industry as well.
2: When are you holding your conference?
10: Our conference is in Saskatoon, January 5th and 6th.
2: And what will the topics be?
10: So our key topics will be everything from farm financials, mental health, leadership, markets, and our keynote speaker is Wayne Lee.
2: What's the key purpose of the conference?
10: Sask Young Ag has a vision for a Saskatchewan that embraces and elevates young agriculture leaders. So come join us to grow your peer network, learn from industry professionals, and be the future of the ag industry.
2: So how does someone find out the information, where to uh, attend or how to get to the conference, and what does it cost?
10: Follow SAS Young Egg on social media for updates, and you can register today with a full agenda available on SASYoungEgg.ca.
2: And so once again, what do you hope to accomplish from this conference?
10: Mostly, it's a place for everyone to gather. I know connection has been something we've been lacking in the last couple of years. So bring people together to learn from each other's experience and knowledge. And then we have some wonderful speakers to help you grow your knowledge base and become more educated and know more information and better yourself as an industry person or as a producer.
2: The Sask Young Ag Conference runs January 5th and 6th in Saskatoon. Market updates with Jim Smalley on the Source 620 CKRM. Market update is brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber since 1956. Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel, and Farm Fresh Water—they'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at FarmFreshWater.ca. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra prices for canola fell 480 at 842.02. Number one red spring wheat rose 454 at $412.78. The rest were unchanged. Durham 496.28. Feed barley 352.87. Chickpeas 925.95. Flax 682.98. Lentils $752.50 per metric ton. Oats 254.32. Yellow peas 466 dollars And feed wheat $289.56. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March went up 8 3 quarter cents at a dollars cent
0: It's the Livestock Reports on the
2: Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lee bringing the market. We're direct from Heartland and Swiftcourt. We had 1,200 cows on offer last week. Here are the quotations. D1 and 2 cows were 80 to, 80 to 85, sales up to 92 on young cows. D3 cows, 70 to 80, mature bulls. Dollar fifteen, a dollar twenty-five. Uh, over nineteen hundred pound ninety, dollars dollar ten. Good bred cows, about one, 1 eighteen hundred to twenty-five hundred. Medium cows, twelve to fifteen hundred. Good bred heifers were two thousand up to twenty-five hundred. Medium heifers, seventeen hundred to two thousand. This Thursday, six miles, a of bred heifer sale. Wednesday, the fourteenth, one o'clock. Friday, the duck man... A complete purebred Hereford Dispersal, Friday to December 17th. Good day and good marketing.
2: And now the latest Saskatchewan pork
11: prices. Ham hey, sold 4,300 hogs Friday, selling in a range of 204 to $218 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 8900 head, selling in a range of 202 to $213 per CKG. 100 index hog prices for the week ending Saturday December 10th are Wooly West 2020, 201.60, only 2021, 209.50. Maple Leaf Sig 4, 203.84. Ham's Cash, 201.84. Thunder Creek Beer Co., 204.30. And High Life Cash and Contra, $216.05 per CKG. Ham's cash flow price today is mixed and poor contract prices opened lower this morning. On Friday, the Canadian dollar was down 26 basis points with the daily exchanger at 1.3630. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 73.21 cents US. Daily U.S. cash prices are mixed to start the week, with the negotiated Western Cornwall improving $2.26 US$108, while the national regions pulled back a dollar thirty-six relative to the previous day. Volatility in the cuddle was a feature of last week, with picnics showing a massive one-day $17.17. She was on weight move higher in the Friday afternoon report, netting the primal another $4.92 gain last week. At $88.22, picnics are at a record for the marketing week and showing ongoing demand. Bellies, on the other hand, were at an all-time low for the marketing week, with ribs coming in at the second lowest on record. The net result is a cutout that, while trading lower for the week, nevertheless is retaining value for this time of year, coming in at $86.85, or the second-highest value on record for marketing week 49. Meanwhile, Lean Hong futures have traded lower than the previous day in the last five straight sessions. There's talk that the move could be brought on by the recent drop in prices seen in Chinese cash and futures markets as a result of recent lockdowns and overall soft demand. Coming
0: up, the results. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley.
2: Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. U.S. government data shows spills from TC Energy Corporation's Keystone Pipeline have increased in severity in recent years. The Calgary-based company has more than 250 people on the ground in Washington County, Kansas, cleaning up the approximately 14,000 barrels of oil that leaked into a creek last week. The spill is the largest in the history of the 4,000 kilometer Keystone pipeline. A report last year from the U.S. Government Accountability Office said pipelines are considered to be much safer than moving oil by truck or rail, and Keystone's safety record since 2010 is similar to that of other crude pipelines. But the report also said Keystone's safety record in the last five years is worse than the national average. In addition to last year's spill the pipeline suffered leaks in 2017 and 2019 tc energy has not yet indicated the cause of last week's spill the keystone pipeline system remains shut down and a restart date has not been set stats canada says household credit market debt included mortgage loans rose 1.2 percent to nearly 2.8 trillion dollars in the third quarter The agency says credit market debt as a proportion of household disposable income increased to 183 percent on a seasonally adjusted basis, up from 182.6 percent in the second quarter. The increase came as households' disposable income increased by 0.8%. On the markets, the TSX has risen 4 points to 19951 The Dow has risen 290 points to 33787 Oil has gone up $1.87 at $72.89 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 73 cents 20 U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast.
0: You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything A. 620 CKR. This podcast brought to you by Gowan
1: Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.